Hi everyone, welcome to iHeart Recovery Land. This podcast is for Sassy Smurf and another special friend because today we're going to talk about um, how Sassy Smurf and I met. So Sassy, I call her Molly in um, Volume 1, is my friend from my third hospital, Rio, that's the Rehab Institute of Oregon. And she was in there uh, at the same time I was, because it's maybe like a little less than a month after my injury. So this was like, I think it was May 2011. She was in this really bad car wreck. Um, Like, I think she was just like, she's driving a little Volkswagen on a road in Oregon. And like, there's a really big, like, it was a... it wasn't commercial. It was like I think it was like a just a pickup truck or I don't know some kind of really big truck. Somehow it just kind of barreled into her and like literally ran over her car, you know, with her in it at the wheel. So the poor baby totally she just got smushed right. And then um, so by the time we met in Rio, she had had um, surgery and had you know like half her body beefed up or replaced with like steel or, or whatever I think some I think her hip might be titanium I don't know something anyway she is so funny but we stuck out because we or she's my age and um like we're very much alike and we're basically well, all that we needed to know was that we were, you know, at the time, I think we were like 30 or 31 or something. And so we really stuck out from the crowd there because the um, the patient demographic is much older than, um, than we were. So we were just, we were different and we... We saw, I think we saw each other, but we were totally not lucid, but our parents were, and, um, um, husband obviously was, was there, and he's utterly fantastic, by the way, he's my other favorite wrestler, and he's a wrestling coach, really, and, um, he, um, he and Sassy's dad were the witnesses on my court documents that my daddy drew up to, um, so he and mommy could be my legal legal guardians and uh, I don't know whatever they needed to do at that point because I was not in the position to be making any decisions so um Sassy's husband and daddy signed those papers and at that point it was still very early on I was still I thought they were not real I didn't think anybody was real but I didn't care whether or not Sassy were real because I was like you know what I was completely unamused by her presence there because, yeah, she came in a wheelchair, but like a month later when we were done with that place, that girl was cruising around with her cane and I was consumed with jealousy. Okay, not only was she cruising around with her cane, but she was drinking coffee and, uh, you know, I started, you know, doing regular stuff like putting on hand lotion, and one day I saw her dressed in street clothes. I was like, she was wearing this like really cute like peasant top and like uh, skinny jeans, and I was like, um, that girl is wearing street clothes, and I was still wearing. I think I was wearing hospital pants just because. I don't know why, but I insisted on always wearing hospital pants because I think I decided in my head that it would be like um less laundry for my mom if I just wore hospital clothes. So I was wearing hospital pants and I forgot, you know, whatever kind of soft top. My mom had to go to the Target and like buy some shorts for me because she was like, yeah, you have no clothes because I was always at work. So I had very few clothes. Anyway, 
So I was like horrified that Sassy was all like, you know, getting better, even though she got smushed up and I had seen her, you know, in the wheelchair. But I didn't know how bad it was. I only found out how bad it was like afterwards. Um, so I, what I really want to tell you is how um, Sassy and I became friends because this is one of the, you know, wonderful stories of my recovery that I really can't talk about too much. I, I've, I've been reluctant to talk about it in public, but I really want to um, tell Sassy how encouraged I was um, and still am by her presence in my life. And I want to encourage another friend of mine who was in a recent car wreck. And, um, but I'm so thankful she's okay. Anyway, so we got discharged. I probably got discharged maybe like a week before um, Sassy did, and I flew home to Maryland. She got discharged. We, like, I thought of her in my head and spoke with her for like two years because, just because, like, I knew she'd be okay. And, like, I remember that um, my dad came to me one day when I was still sleeping downstairs. And he said, you know, Ceci's dad emailed. He, she, he says that uh, she's been asking for you. Like, she she would just, you know, randomly ask for me because she knew that I was there. And um, so, you know, I said, please tell him to tell her I say hi and thank you and that I hope she doesn't hurt anymore because I knew that she was in pain. Um so that was the last contact we had. So two years go by, and I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm really, I'm going to contact her once I publish my first book. So I was like, okay, I have the game plan. I decided in my head that would be good because, I mean, she was going to be in the book. So I was like, you know, that's a good opportunity. I'll use to, you know, reach out to her. So six six months prior to that, like, I had not even started to think about how to go about this. I did not even have the capacity to verbalize it into a prayer request. Um, but what happened was that God brought her straight to me. I did not have to lift a finger. Like I was lying in my bed one morning and I got an email from Sassy Smurf herself. And she was like, do you remember me? And I was like, um, yeah, I remember you. I've been talking to you in my head for like two years. I was so thrilled. And the reason why she found me was because her next door neighbors are friends of mine from church, my church in Oregon. I'm not even kidding you. So, I mean, I was so happy. And um, when I went back to Oregon in 2014, I was like, Sassy, um, let's just be real here. Like, you're the only reason, <laughs> the only only, per only thing I'm really looking forward to, like, in terms of going back. Because everything else was really just excruciating. And mind you, at this time, we had never seen each other lucid. We we never actually, like, introduced ourselves like, like normal people do. Like, I remember, how, like, I showed up in her hospital room once, like, just because just I was doing visiting because, like, I, th I thought in my head, like, that's what I needed to do, like, do things that I normally would have done in order to advance to the next level of the video game I thought I was stuck in. And she was, like, super nice. She and her husband were super nice. But I'll, like, later I was like, thank you guys for being so nice because between you and me, if, if the tables had been turned, I would have totally thrown you guys out without a second thought. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, I met her, she was wonderful, and I met, um, I saw our, her husband, he is so nice, and he literally said to me, he was like, I have never seen you stand up before, 
And I realized, you know, that that's really true. Like, they just remember what I looked like in the hospital, like in the chair. Let's be real, looking really ragged. And like now I can stand, I can walk around, you know, I made it, you know, we were, we were at a restaurant and I made it to the table without a device because there was no room. And um, I spent some time with her mom too, that was so nice. And it was actually her mom because her mom is a neural nurse who um, said, hey, you guys, you know, I think she has brain injury too because um, she, when they took her out of the car, like she was combative, which um, is a sure sign of brain injury, but I think the staff were so consumed with the level of all the rest of her injuries, they were like, you know, really tending to those, and then until her mom was like, you know, for real though, please look into this. So it turns out she totally did have like, you know, big time brain injury. And um, the nature of our brain injuries, it's like super different. So like, I totally freaked out maybe, I think it was in February of this year because, you know, it was was about five years after our injuries and Sassy was out running one day and she just, she had a seizure, like a bad one. So she was totally just, you know, out on the road and she woke up in the ambulance and, you know, of course, I, like, I heard that, and I was like, wow, I can't even imagine, because, like, how can you not be remembering what happened the first time? You know, like, I just, I could cry right now. I think I might, actually, because, you know, that's scary. If that hasn't happened to you, um, you're not going to know how scary that is. Anyway, so, so, uh, dear my dear Sassy, she has a seizure, and then, like, she is so funny, like, of course, like, she, like, I get this email, like, the next day, it was a group email, and I was like, what happened, and then she starts to, she, like, she was home already, but she decides that she was going to send me some selfies she took of her in her hospital bed, and I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, so the girl is, like, totally hardcore, so she sent me these, 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 um, these pictures, and of course, she's adorable, because she can't be anything else, um, but, like, seriously, like, her face is, like, scraped up with road burn, because, like, you know, she was, like, you know, convulsing or whatever on the road, (laughs) yeah, I was, like, um, Sassy, this isn't helping my PTSD, and so, but she has PTSD, by the way, Uh, anyway, so, like, another time, like, she had, emailed me or texted me a PDF of this uh, news article that was that had been written on of the like about the the the, um, the the wreck when it first happened in 2011 her initial accident and I told her I was like um thank you so much for sending this but I'm actually not going to read this because I know it would totally traumatize me because I knew there was like a big crazy picture too and she texts me right back she's like oh I'm not in the picture and I'm like, sassy, seriously, that doesn't make it any better. You know, it's like, oh, so so by the time that they took this picture, they had used the jaws of life to extract you from the vehicle, and you were in the chopper on the way to the hospital. Oh, yeah, I feel so much better about this. Yeah, but I guess, like, when you have seen a lot of trauma, you get kind of calloused. But, like, when like if it's a friend of yours, even if you have normal trauma, you're like, it just totally freaks you out. I'm like, yeah, so yeah, I never read that article.
But anyway, I wanted to tell you the story about how um, Sassy and I met because she really is exactly like me, except I think she's a lot nicer than I am. And I told my mom that, and my mom was like, yeah, I agree. I think you're right. <laughs> and um, we really are extremely alike. And um, in terms of, you know, mannerisms, just talking, I mean, like my mom used to... Um, like just read her comments on my Facebook page and be like, you guys sound exactly alike. And like her mom would just tell like one day, like in the car, they when they were on the way over to see us when I went back to Oregon, her mom was like, you guys are exactly alike. You know, it's really true. And I'm so thankful because, you know, you like, as I recovered, I've understood that I am truly isolated from pretty much the entire entirety of the population because of what happened to me. And, you know, and it took me a while to understand that I have seen things and I have remembered things that nobody else is going to remember. And that is an extremely lonely, lonely thought. So, you know, what happened was that you know, God knew this from a very, from a very, like, you know, long way off. He knew this and anticipated the situation. And so he put Sassy and me in the hospital together. And so I, you know, he created, he gave me a friend in the hospital before I even knew it. And wait until I was ready to um, really introduce us to each other. You know, and he made her, you know, just ex exactly like me. I mean, seriously, the girl, like, went to medical missions in Rwanda, like, I think it was, like, a year ago, a year and a half ago. Because she, she's PA, by the way. But seriously, like, we have the same interests and um, the same sense of humor. I mean, essentially, we speak the same language. And right now, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And... Um, I can't help but think that, you know, the, the way God planned a friend for me in the hospital so I would not be afraid um, is, you know, in keeping with how he chose to approach mankind. Because, you know, when the time came, you know, the father and the son planned in this way, um, you know, in um, complete agreement as part of the, the, you know, the mystery of the Trinity that we're not going to fully understand ever. Um, they planned to um, to have the son take human form, a very lowly human form. And, um, you know, what does the verse say? It says, you know, I think it's John uh, 1, I forget what the reference is. Is John 1, maybe 14, or I don't know. But it says, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the word became flesh. And my Sunday school teacher, Mr. Paul, and um, in high school, he was like, okay, let's all understand this word, um, word, W-O-R-D. You know, in Greek, it's uh, logos. And, um, you know, the word can be understood as, you know, God's communication to mankind. He decided to speak our language and take human form. And, you know, not only did he just come in human form, like, come as like a conquering king like he came as a lowly baby in a manger and a baby needs to be held and nobody's going to be afraid of that because it's something that instinctively humans understand babies need to be held 
and he came, you know, he decided to come in an extremely non-threatening, gentle way, and he didn't just come for like a, like a week or a month or a day, like, the Lord stuck it out, like, he lived here for 33 and a half years, and died a, a cruel, humiliating, violent death on the cross, but, you know, the story, that it doesn't end there, he, on the third day, he rose again, and I serve a living Savior. But the thing that we think about right now at, at this point um, of the year is that, you know, he was born. And that moment when uh, the Lord entered humanity, what I, like, that idea of, of the, the vehicle by which he chose to um, be made known to us has really been driven home to me because he chose a way that we'd understand and that we wouldn't be afraid of. And he really taught me that in the way he brought Sazi Smurf into my life.